Welcome back, everybody, to Top Shelf, a guide to high-quality leadership, spirits, and everything in between. Everything in between. Question mark? Question mark. We got a lock, stock, full... Yeah. We have a full lift today. We have a lot to cover. We're going to start it off with the importance of small wins... Why being everyone's friend will hurt you as a leader. And the cocktail du jour, the smoky basil mascarita. Ooh, yeah, it's going to be good. I've got Smokey and the Bandits. Smokey. <laughs> Not Smokey and the Bandits. She's, <laughs> she's good. She's going to be good for everybody. And uh, I've got the recipe here. Got a bunch of stuff happening. We've got some tahine, as they call it. I get it mixed up all the time. But uh, to start us off, our current event, and uh, I'm going to bring it up, and Clint's going to take it away today to guide us through this one. Pretty important, pretty interesting, and a one of a kind. Today, we're going to discuss the Donald Trump indictment. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Who's fired? You're fired. Hillary, you're fired. Hillary. Yeah, Hillary. Hillary. Yes, Hillary. You're fired. Donald Trump. So, Clint, take us away. Lead us into this one. Give us kind of the what's happening, and then we can kind of go back and forth here about leadership. What's what's the importance of, of this particular indictment? Yeah, and I don't know how much we can tie into leadership. Um, one thing I do want to state from the from the hop here is that we're taking a bipartisan kind of a approach slash kick of the can at this. This isn't Jason or I kind of coming in here and instilling our liberal view okay. or conservative view, but we want to talk about um, the, like the biggest news and okay. what's going on okay. right now. Well, for the listeners, yeah. I'm going to challenge you. Sure. What does bipartisan mean? Ah, okay. So, like, you're, you're either partisan, which is, like, you take the side of one political party, or bipartisan, meaning that it, it's you're favorable to both. So, okay. Um, so, agnostic or unbiased? Is that kind of... Essentially, yeah. Like, yeah. So, if they pass a bill, uh, if it's a partisan bill in... in, in the legislature in the United States, it's usually favoring one party. It would be Democrat or Republican. And if it's a bipartisan bill, it favors both parties. Both. Okay. Yeah. So, like a 50 50 thing. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah, maybe I, I, I should have thought of that before I threw that yeah, the lingo. I just want to educate the listeners about kind of words that we talk about that maybe people don't have no idea because this we're, we're kind of. I'll say we're worldwide now, so people must, you know, listen yeah, to us in the worldwide. US. Yeah, like, worldwide. Like worldwide. Like stepbrothers. Yeah. yeah. Stepbrothers. <laughs> no, okay, so look, it is the first time in American history, American history, that a former and or current president of the United States, POTUS, faces criminal charges. Or, you know, he's obviously, as most people would know, he's been indicted on 34 charges uh, by the New York Supreme Court. Um, and... Essentially, he's he, he's been arrested, and he's but going he's not, to trial. he's not arrested. He's not in jail, right? So let's no, be clear. Yeah, he's still at home. Right. He's not under house arrest or anything. Uh, he's not going anywhere. He's the former president, and he is running to be the next president. So he's in the limelight. It's a it's a it's a special circumstance, right? He still has a uh, detail of security. Se- yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So. The fact of the matter is, is that 
you know, what I want to talk about is, is this going to, what's the best case scenario for him versus what's the worst case scenario? And I mean, the worst case scenario is obvious. These are felony charges. So they've been, they've been escalated to felony uh, charges by the prosecutor. Uh, and the New York City District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who who is a Democrat, so a bit of um, you know. Uh, right, you mentioned the judge is also Democrat. Yeah, also. so you know, obviously Trump's calling this a witch hunt, and he thinks it's it's trickling down from Joe Biden because of his his uh, recent announcement to run for re-election. Right, right, right. So, but I think from a leadership perspective, if we're going to talk wrap this around a, a leadership uh, discussion, you know, when is enough enough? And when do you decide that you want to put your family first and deal with why would you want to drag this through uh, uh, presidential candidacy, you know, yeah. run? Yeah. Or when do I decide, hey, I've had enough. I need to take care of this business. Stormy Daniels doesn't think Donald Trump should get prison time for this. She's one of the main people behind this. Uh, yeah, really she's the main whistleblower. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she received a payment to kind of the hush money, as we call it. But as a leader, when do we decide, hey, we, I don't need to bring this into my candidacy. I don't need to bring this into my job. I should, I should probably most likely take care of my family and I should take care of my name and my brand. Like, where's Trump's brand? Now, does this make him more popular than Dos Santos? Does this now, is, is this a catalyst to make him more popular just to the general public of the American well, there's, voters? That's the that's the good, that's, that's the, the best, yeah. That's the best case. The right? best case scenario is that he capitalizes off of this, especially if he, if he, if, if the charges are dropped or he wins the, the case, it's all, all, you know, 34 charges against him. I've heard that he, is likely to be brought up on charges in other states as well. So this could be like a, an ongoing like right. snowball effect here. But if all these charges are dropped, yeah, absolutely. He's going to say, the witch hunt is over. I came out victorious. Nobody can touch me. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to think, that are going to agree with him. Yeah, this is a witch hunt. The timing's you know, strange. Yeah, strange. strange. So, and they're going to start siding with him. And so he could actually build a, a, a stronger uh, f- follow following because of this, which is, you know, again, best case scenario for him. Worst case scenario, average felony charge in, in the state of New York carries a minimum of five years in prison and, and a maximum of 25 years. So right, right. simple and math. He's an ex president as well. So yeah. and we, we did witness last year, last year, the Deshaun Watson scenario with. 24 charges against him. So, yeah. charges. You know, what... And we saw Deshaun's obviously playing in the NFL now, and he's got a guaranteed contract. That's right. These kind of similar... Is that over? Is everything done now with that? Or is that still playing. ongoing? He's back. Well, he's back, but like, are, are there still like um, I don't court hearings? I don't and... think the NFL would let him come back if there was court hearings against him. Oh, yeah, okay. Interesting. So, I mean, the U.S., law legal systems already been through something like this maybe not at a president's presidency level yeah but you know it yeah i mean i'd love to i would love to push past this now and and move into our next thing are you good with that yeah that's trump right it's little hands you don't need to get mad about it i'm not mad (laughs) i'm highly intoxicated yeah no um I, I thought it was an important topic to talk no, about. Uh, it's, yeah, of course, it's all over the news. Again, I'm not a, an expert on the subject, but um, it's it. I find it very interesting, and I'm I'm actually watching it very closely because I'm excited to see kind of how it 
whether it works in his favor or works against him. So, so. you're kind of watching it like a car crash. You can't look away. I can't. No, this kind of like just tracking it. The, the four years of his term as the president, it was. I just could not stop watching. Yeah, because yeah. you never knew what he was going to say. That's why I know what bipartisan means. Yeah, because I okay, just couldn't you. stop watching. <laughs> and, and you never know if Biden will wake up. Mm-hmm. So, right. So. Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> All right. So I want to jump in feet first into the importance of small wins as a leader. Great. And um, for me, the, this I, stri- I, I strive to get the small wins. I struggle a little bit about um, sharing in the enjoyment and all the... You know, the rah-rah thing. Yeah. Clint, Clint, you're really good at it. I'm really good at putting together... Um, parties and, and celebratory things to say hey we did it i i myself as a leader struggle with that a little bit because i i like to push on and i, I like to push okay we we met a target or we had a small win that's amazing and i always keep focusing on the next ones i i, I struggle with staying yeah the recognition events or or even just individual recognition um i like that's what i'm I'm the type of person that appreciates that, so I feel yeah. that other people want that. And I know not everybody does. That's not everyone's love language. So, yeah. you know, and that maybe is is why you're the way you are, is because you don't always need to celebrate those small wins or have your boss come down and pat you on the shoulder every time you do something that you feel is important, is, right? Yeah. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, so go ahead. You, you had yeah, a, you had no, a thought there. I, good leaders can motivate you know, the staff and employees through speeches and their bravado, right? You can get everyone amped up and, and pushing towards a goal, but there needs to be more. And these small wins show the proof that the the vision is correct and we're on the right path. These small wins create pride, they create happiness, they create confidence in our teams. And I think that's where I kind of fail myself in not sharing in the celebratory is being part of those little wins to help build the confidence within the team. Right? For sure. And a quote that I wanted to share about, you know, tracking your your small wins uh, from Teresa, and I'm, hopefully I'm not butchering it, Teresa Amabile, uh, track your small wins to, to motivate big accomplishments. So... And what that means is we're building towards something bigger. And these small wins are are the catalyst and the domino effect to these bigger, more large wins. Or the overall goal. Or the overall goal, right? Exactly. Um, everyone wants to be involved when you're winning. So I've been in offices, and we and you were talking about this, and we could share a little bit. We've been in offices where we operations team shares with the sales folks. And the sales folks have monthly or quarterly targets, and they're excited and they're ringing bells. I can remember in the 21st floor downtown, the bells are ringing. They made their sales targets. They're whooping it up. They're going out for pizza night or beer night or pool night. And the other groups, the operational team or the engineering groups, are kind of going, wow, I'd really like to be part of that. Maybe, maybe I should try my hand in sales because they seem to be having a lot more fun than us grinding it out on a six-month or two-year project where maybe our bosses, maybe our leaders are not sharing in the small wins of getting a milestone complete. And, That's right. And 
it would just look so awesome for those sales guys. Like I was excited. I, I was all excited on the floor to just be with them. For sure. Yeah. You, when you think about operations and especially like, yeah, if you're working on a six month project, your target is six months. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that's generally where you have that. I mean, obviously, there's different check-in points, but six months is your target. And these sales individuals are working on weekly and, and bi-weekly and quarterly. Or, like, so you're constantly checking in. And, of course, we know sales is the engine that drives all business. Mm -hmm. without So they funnel in. everything. And they're the ones making the revenue. And, and they get all the incentives and the cool swag and the swag, pizza yeah. parties. and. You know, if we have a budget, we're, we're running a construction project, there's a tight budget, we don't have, you know, it's tough to pull people aside and celebrate those small wins and do pizza parties when you know, maybe you, you're down 5% of your revenue, like that, you know, of your target. So, but it's, it's not always just about financials. I also think that it's about, let's celebrate, you know, our health and safety score. Let's celebrate maybe a... You know, we, we got through uh, some adversity because, I don't know, there was a tough drill shot or something along we those We came lines. up with a new technique or new technology. Innov innovated something. Innovated. Exactly, yes. So those are small. Those are still small wins, right? Those are still small wins in, in the field. But to be able to celebrate and share those small wins, I think, is important. And I think it's important to share with the, the whole team as a group because when I see the sales guys... They do it all together. It doesn't matter if one salesman hits his target. They all do it together. They all win together. They don't exactly. do it in individuals. They know that one salesperson can lead off another. There's always maybe the better salesperson. Yeah. Um, but they do it together. They win together. You take like, let's say there's different segments of a project that's that's six months long. And one segment's supposed to take a month. But the team gets it done in three and a half weeks. And you know that, okay, now you've got some extra days in the hopper. That, that's we should be celebrating that mm -hmm. you guys just saved us you know half a week's worth of of money that we would be paying in salary and equipment to get this job done the customer is going to be happier because potentially we're getting the overall project done in a shorter timeline and we can focus our resources on other on another project yeah. Yeah. and and we we do as leaders we need we need to step back every once in a while take a look small win and as you said it reminds yourself and your team of what the overall goal looks like. Yep. So yep. why is it important that we finish this one segment in a in a smaller time frame? Well, because we're going to get the overall project done probably quicker now. So, or this is a goal that we set, that annual goal that we're going to be uh, achieving as a as a department. And here's a small win. Let's celebrate that. And as you said, builds morale, makes people happy. I mean, it's it's it's. It's such a great tool. Yeah. Now, I'll give you a cool fact. I looked this up, doing some research on Ooh, the like importance cool, of small like a cold fact? No, cool <laughs> fact. The cool daddy-o fact. Your body releases the happiness neurotransmitter dopamine, which boosts your energy and perseverance from a, those small wins. It, it, you build from it, right? So you're building that momentum. So if I, I wanted to reference into playing golf. So golf is a very difficult game. Not many people can be good at it, but there's shots. So if you can hit a birdie, you can build momentum. You feel really good about it. You even locked a skill and, and, and something inside you that you have a feeling that you can do it again. That's and right. Birdie is that ultimate thing. Maybe you're chasing that next birdie because that one good shot, you know you can do it. You know you can envision it. And that's those small wins. So that one hole could be a small little win, but you know you have it in you, right, to, to, to do it again. 
and sometimes it's that one good shot that keeps you coming back. Keeps you coming, right? It's the dopamine hit. A hundred percent. Yeah, you yeah. feel happy, but I can do it. I can. Uh, I may not golf enough to be consistent about it, but I know I can do it. You know, one thing I really enjoy about celebrating small wins is drinking. Well, drinking, yes. <laughs> and I love spending the company's money on parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's no. amazing. <laughs> no, but it. I think it shows a level of engagement. And again, just operations is a world I've lived in for so long, mm-hmm. but. You do go times as, and I, I've worked my way from the ditch all the way up to leadership and management. And you, there are times when you're at those lower levels where you're thinking like, I don't really see the boss. I don't really know what the general manager or the director does. They don't come out to the site. And I think when, when you spend the time engaging with the team and celebrating small wins on a more regular basis, it shows engagement from you know top-down engagement. And it also just... It shows that you're just you're willing to communicate. You're involved. You're involved. involved. You're involved. And I think that's like if you ask most um, people that are in a sales role, like how engaged do you feel? It's like well, I feel really engaged. They would all tell you I feel amazingly engaged. I talk. My boss talks to me. We have a one-on-one once a week yeah, sales because they're trying to down. drive they're sales. Yeah, yeah. But if you talk to a guy that's running a backhoe on a project for six months on the on the Trans Canada pipeline, he's going to say I don't I don't really feel engaged. I just do my job and go home. And it's like well okay like. Sometimes they, you need to have those engaging, and it doesn't always have to be a pizza party, but it could just be a one-on-one conversation, yeah. right? So, yeah, it could be an email. It could be a, it could a congratulatory email. It could be a thank you. It doesn't have to be something always massive or big, but it can be something. And, and, I, right. and I'm working my way to being better at that and sharing those little small victories. I think you're I think doing a good important. job. I think you're doing important. a good job. I, you know, I, I've never met anybody ever in my life that doesn't appreciate a thank you. You know, I do know people that don't want to high five. They don't want to go out for a pizza party because they're introverts and they just want to go home after work. They're there to collect their paycheck. But they, everybody appreciates a thank you. It goes mm-hmm. so far. So. I would say we talked about this a little bit, filling my inbox. If you, if I did my job, we, we kind of haven't touched on this before, but we've talked about it in our business lives. Yeah. If I just do my job, I don't need an email to say thank you. Because you're just filling up my inbox with thank yous, right? So for let's, sure, let's let's save those up till we hit that small it, win or it milestone. It should be a milestone. Yeah, yeah exactly. It shouldn't be just an everyday thank, thank you, you for showing up. Yeah, thank thanks you for, for wearing your, your safety job. boots. Well, thank that's you. thank you for doing your basic job. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, kind of, we talked a lot about that. You know, the importance of small wins. I, I, I really think that. For us to engage and, and learn from that is is important for everyone within the company, and it builds that momentum. So I want to keep that domino effect, keep everybody happy, keep everything going towards that vision. Motivates, empowers, does such great stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. So why is being everyone's friend as a leader, why will it hurt you? And I want to talk, you know, a lot about this, a lot about this. You're a pal and a confidant. All right. So, Clint's, I think, what's that, golden? I don't even know. Um, I would say ask you to tell me who's who's saying that, but you probably don't even know. So, Um, no idea. idea. Yeah, see, uh, see, he doesn't come prepared, he just shoots from the hip. Um, a leader must know your boundaries and limits when when we're running a division or running a business, and we must we have to strive to be unbiased. 
and and have the approach with our teams right we shouldn't our our main goal should never be to build friendship with every single employee that's a, that's not our goal that's no 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 right trying to be everyone's friend as a leader can develop a level of complacency i have seen this countless times bad behavior and i've seen this really bad uh i've seen really bad behavior uh, i've probably been part of it and i'll share a little bit of a story at the end actually clint uh, we we were friends at a at a corporate job and it spilled over a little bit when we you became too good of a friend and it became a little bit too loose we'll i'll talk about that at the end of this little segment here um but it skews judgment as well and so it reduces our willingness to act quickly to situations right we 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 kind of kick in or i turn on the see it out approach right and throw out some free passes so an individual that we're buddies with could um, do something wrong in the business and really be disrespectful or not doing his role or you know not delivering on the company goals and targets and we're kind of given a free pass hey you know what Johnny he's he's done it before he'll he'll rebound he's my buddy he's my friend as a leader you can't let that go you need to keep that firm but fair if i can use uh, one of my mentors terms firm but fair leadership role with with your with with your people and you know just being everyone's friend or everyone's pal isn't going to get you to that last extra mile i mean it's human nature we all want we, we talked about this we all for want sure. to be liked well for sure yeah and i think obviously it depends on the person we had a our previous podcast i forget which episode but we talked about relationships in the workplace mm-hmm. and that's a one-on-one relationship that's just two yeah, people more physical yeah i yeah. i could see uh like you and i built a friendship we were both very professional about it but you're right there was some spillover i've had friends in the past that i've managed and or, or worked side by side with and have had no issues right so i mean there are instances where it, it it's not a huge issue but i i do agree with you on a on a uh, on a larger level like trying to become friends with best friends with your boss and best friends with all your employees and everyone on your team that is that's just you're that's a you're just a fish swimming upstream like that's a tough hill to climb yeah it's a ticking time bomb really because those friendships can be turned sour and then you're kind of being too loose as a leader and then people are picking out favoritism oh he can do whatever he wants because he's clint's friend that's exactly it. right yeah, the perceived favoritism it, it's not it's not good and you know you have to draw the line as a leader to to there's an inside friendship and an outside friendship right That's so right. if you're good friends with the people on the inside um you know you know them and you you're, keep that to the outside right you have right. to you have to focus on the business first the business comes before the relationship right because that that relationship friendship could affect everyone within the team That's right um one you know thing when i want to talk about when me and clint were working together at one of the organizations and i was one of the senior leaders there and clint actually was uh, a senior leader as well i was an executive and clint was a senior leader is we kind of banter about and we have maybe too much fun a little bit too much jovial we kind of pushed kind of that limits of friendship a little bit too far and i can remember maybe clint being offended a few times because we were kind of too 
loose with it. And we had to reel it in, right? We had those conversations behind closed doors. Hey, I didn't really appreciate that comment. It kind of made me feel a little bit, you know, too. I pushed the pushed the button a little bit too far, where it was too loose and too open with kind of the the, the buddy buddy system. And it made me realize, hey, you know what? I got a course correct, and he's right. That um, let's let's turn it to be more professional let's have the fr- the friend stuff fun stuff after the clock's over or after we're at home and we can get together in, you know intermittently or after after hours as opposed to doing it during work hours right 100 percent. yeah yeah and it, you know what you're right because it's it is the perceived favoritism and it's it's something that it's baggage that you carry and everybody knows just like the relationship in the workplace and no matter what happens you know you're putting the the individual that's not in the higher rank at a disadvantage in the sense that no matter what, whether they earned it or not, whether it's a special project or it's a bonus or it's a pay raise, there will always be people saying, well, that's because they're friends. You're too, and if right. you're friends with everybody, <laughs> how, did, how is you a leader? How is you as a leader manage everyone as friends? Yeah. Right. Everything's just sliding along the the ice, I could say, because everyone's on kind of just loose. Well, and for clarity too, I'd like I, I think it's okay to be liked by everyone. I mean, that is ultimately the, the main goal. But to try to um, befriend everyone, show up to all the social events that happen outside of work. I'm coming for beers with you guys every Tuesday. Sometimes you just need, they want that separation. They want to be able to. to to go out and, and speak openly about the work environment and the corporate culture and not have to worry about having somebody from a senior leadership role, their friend or not, overseeing that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they use those events to to de-stress and to vent. And and if you're there all the time, it's awkward for them, right? Yeah, and why why would you want to be there all the time? That's I mean, that, 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 that comes up the question as well in, in an organization because... You need to you need to be that kind of I would say next level, but you need to be the, the leader. You're the the one deciding where things go, how we get to the vision, how we define the vision, how we define our goals and our targets. And if you're just everyone's friend, how, how can you, you know, really focus everybody when well, you're just so loose? Yeah, it's tough to lay out clear expectations, um, push people out of their comfort zone, which is ultimately what you need to do as a leader, right? Yeah, you want to challenge them. You yeah, and then hold them accountable. And not just hold them accountable by like progressive discipline or like that type, but hold them accountable to task and are they doing their job? Are they hitting their targets? But it's like, hey, you didn't hit your target last month. Ah, oh, it's all right, buddy. I'll buy you a beer later and we'll forget about it. Like, well, no, like that's <laughs> that. For me, I almost, I, I, when I was going through this topic in my head, I was relating it to being a parent, right? Like, I want to be my son's best friend. I do, but I know that he doesn't want to be my best friend. And he needs a dad. You can't be and I need, I need to be a father for him, and I need to hold him accountable. It's great that we have a great relationship and that we can be friends at times and buddy buddies and we enjoy things together. But there are times where I need to step in and I need to be his dad and he needs to be my son. And we need to make sure we have that relationship solid before we can be friends. And I think that with as a leader, you need to set that boundary first. I am your leader. I'm here to support you. We can be friendly outside of work, but but then that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you want to set the example as well as a leader. So instead of being... 
just his buddy, just these, just the group's buddy, you want to set the example. And maybe the example is, I'm not going out for beers. I'm going to put in the extra work. I'm going to, I'm going to try to make your guys' lives easier. I'm going to give you clear roles and expectations and, a, and this next vision that I'm, I'm going to work on. Right, as opposed to sitting around being close, chummy, chummy with everybody. Well, and the hardest thing I've had to do in my career is actually is actually go through a progressive dis- disciplinary process with. Oh, it's brutal. With, yeah, with a friend, right? And I've had to several times, and it's it makes it that it's already an awkward and challenging having those conversations is tough. I don't care who you are, but doing it with somebody that you know you're going over to their house for dinner on Friday, and but on Tuesday you're writing them up and telling them that hey, one more time you're you're losing your job. Kind of ruins the mood for Friday's dinner, right? So it's, it's I and don't they know. May, they may perceive you as not being fair to them because you're their friends. So you, you, you run a loose ship. So I thought that was okay. Yeah. yeah well, you can't just let this one go like this one time. Why, why would you, you write me up now one more and I'm, I, I'm out of a job? I thought we were friends. So my conversation in all those instances was I would be doing you a disservice by not holding you accountable as I would anybody else. So firm but fair. Mm-hmm. If it was anybody else on the team that did it, this is the exact same conversation. This is the exact same letter. Yep. And you have to take this as, you know, the, uh, it is a slap on the wrist. You're getting punished, right? Yep. But but now it's up to you to make the change to ensure this doesn't happen again. It is your responsibility to ensure that I don't have to have this awkward conversation with you again. And if you are my friend... Make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, stop speeding or stop doing whatever. That, stop showing up late for work. Like that's on you. Like right. so, as hard as it is, I think you know. Looking back, I'm still glad that I did it, and I'm glad that I held them well, you to build, task. You build strength from that because for now sure. you you defined yourself as a leader. You've separated yourself, and I don't say segregated yourself because we all want to be part of the team, and we all want to be liked. That's like I said, just human nature. We all want to be everyone's friend. But as a leader, we, we have to draw that line. Sometimes you're not going to be everyone's friend. And that's okay. That's you right. don't have to be everyone's friend to be a leader. I agree. 100%. All right. So I think... Put a pin in it. Yeah, we're going to jump into the fun. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I don't think Clint's ever had one of these before. I, I'm not this exact one. No. This is going to be the... I did just come back from Mexico, and I've had I had you're, something you're, similar, but feel, not like this. You feel, okay. The Smoky Basil Mascarita. I've uh, already kind of pre-started a little bit. The tahine is already rimmed on the glasses. Clint will walk you through it a little bit. I've got the basil leaves and the lime wedges and a little bit of the simple syrup in the shaker. I'm going to muddle it with a muddler. And then I'm going to start the process here with the is it simple call. Simple syrup or agave? I, well, Would you I use? I, don't ha- I, guess I have simple syrup. Okay. Yeah. I don't have agave syrup. Well, I would love to have agave syrup, but I don't have my daughter would say hashtag fail hash no it's gonna still taste amazing okay yeah so let's get into this this is this cocktail is super easy to make but it's prepared to have your world rock by the flavor is what the write-up says the agave syrup or simple syrup helps to counteract the sourness of the lime and the smoky mezcal floats over it all i mean it looks the picture looks amazing i'm going to put that up as our Episode art. Are you missing something? Muddler. The muddler. Okay. So for this cocktail, you're going to need obviously a, a good quality mezcal that's smoky. You're 
you're going to want to leave the, it says you're going to want to leave the um, well or like the lower quality mezcal for other mixed drinks, but for this drink you're going to want to use a good quality one. Um, we're keeping uh, plenty of limes on the table here. We're using a simple syrup. Right now he's, Jason is pouring the mezcal. It is a Montelobos mezcal. The bottle looks really, really cool. I've never seen it before. Now, did you get that from a local liquor store, or? No, this is uh, U.S. Uh, I, um, I got this in Richland, Washington. Uh, it was one of the top-ranked mezcals for, I'll say it, beginners. I just love the smoky flavor, uh, to be honest. It's very much different than normal tequila. <laughs> Beginner. <laughs> and, uh, okay, of course, fresh basil leaves. Salt for the rim of the glass, but in this case, we're not using salt. We're using uh, straight from Mexico. It's called tahin. Spelled T-A-J-I-N, right? Correct. Okay, and if you haven't had it, you're missing out. Oh, good. Of course, a little bit of ice. So he's muddling the basil leaves with the lime in a cocktail shaker. He's added the ice, the mezcal. And he's about to give it a shake. Shake it for me, baby. Looks like he's taking a dump. <laughs> Not a drip. Not a drip. That's pretty good. It's because it's your floor. I, when I shake that thing, it goes everywhere. Okay, so he's pouring it over the ice. And he's going to top it with a couple fresh leaves of basil basil and cocktails by the way like any it's in the mint family any recipe that calls for mint if you don't have mint but you have basil i'm telling you substitute it it is a absolute home run it's a treat i have lots of basil at home i make fresh pesto and uh, i make cocktails in the summer and it is basil is just such a wonderful wonderful herb are we ready to go did you get a photo for Twitter? Top, it's at top shelf one two three four five. And this is in a sorry, this is in a rocks glass. You didn't you didn't give them our. Looks amazing. What's so? What is it? What's the Instagram? Top shelf underscore the podcast. Clever pro. Clever. <laughs> All right, my friend. Okay. To everyone out there, looks amazing. Nathravie, Probst. Oh yeah, delicious. It's unreal, right? It's that very smoky. Good. Very smoky with that salt, tahini salt. I mean, mm, yeah. The basil muddled in there. Very nice. That's a home run. That is very that's nice. That's a that's a Aaron Judge blast. Home Mucho appreciado. <laughs> so good. Hmm. All right, everybody. Uh, this is uh, the end of season two, episode seven. This is uh, total episode number twelve. If you're counting on your fingers and toes, number twelve, and we're gonna send you out with a little jam and appreciate you thanks for listening and uh, love you and talk to you see you next time
Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you for this cocktail, and thank you for everyone for listening. And we will talk to you soon.